0: What is up diehards? Wes Monell in the building for AWOL Sports, hanging out with Paul Durfee, Drew LaQuesta, Andrew Vargas. We're hanging out today. We're going to talk about the players that have the most to prove next season. We got some quarterbacks on this list, some players at the skill positions, as well as some linemen. We'll mix it up a little bit. We won't stick with just the flashy positions. We'll hit them all. So, quarterback position, one of the most polar players in the league recently was not put on the NFL top 100 players list for for whatever it's worth. Paul, I know you got a lot on your mind here. So share your player with us.
1: Yeah, so my man, Carson Wentz, um, I feel like, you know, speaking of the title of the of the podcast, he has a lot to prove this year. Um for many reasons, like you just said, the top 100 list alone shows that I think he still doesn't get quite the respect he deserves around the league. Um, like you said, I, there was 13 quarterbacks who made the top 100 and he wasn't on there. And I think that's that's pretty disgraceful. Uh, you got guys like Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins on there and no So uh, Even Ryan Tannehill made it for crying out loud. So, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> that's weird. Um, you know I think I think the biggest thing that maybe doubters see is he's kind of had you know some injury injury issues throughout the last few years since he's been in the league and I think that's kind of been something that you know is is shaking him Um, not to mention having his MVP year in 2017 being cut short to injury and then having Nick Foles come in and win the super bowl for the eagles i think it's just kind of like i'm sure he was super happy for Foles, but in the back of his mind he's thinking like man f that guy like (laughs) 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 so i think as a competitor he's probably you know i'm sure that eats at him all the time and he just wants to prove to everyone that he can go to the playoffs and win the big game himself and finally last year he gets a chance to go to the playoffs and then sure enough he has to leave the game with a concussion so it's just kind of been a a tough time for him but i think you know last year he proved you know he he could play all 16 games you know granted the playoffs happened but um i think the injuries he's had have, have kind of been fluke injuries it's not like it's been a consistent injury every year so i feel like you know this year if everyone stays healthy i think that um he has a big opportunity to kind of show a lot of people, hey, what he can do, you know, with a full year and a healthy squad. You know, you can never rely on health. But I think with that, you know, speaking of last year, he had no one and he still took the team to the playoffs um, in that last four game stretch where he kind of just took over. So, so yeah, it's just been been an up and down road for him so far. But I think, you know, because of all the things I have mentioned, I think he's got a huge huge chip on his shoulder and he wants to prove a lot of people wrong because clearly there's still a lot of people around the, the league who don't don't think highly of him or just don't think he's maybe in that elite class. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I got.
0: <laughs> so, do you guys have Wentz uh, on this list too? I mean, Drew and Vargy? I mean... If it was my and-
2: top 100. <laughs>
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, same. The, the guys. The guys. The guy's good. I mean, the guy. If you, if you look at the tape, you look at the numbers. He's one of the highest-rated quarterbacks. Um, so he's definitely in it for me. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, me too. Obviously. Uh, look, Wentz is elite in situational football. Red zone, third downs, top ten in air yards. And that, that's a big deal. They're like, oh, air yards, you didn't get those completions. Look, I don't know how he got 4K, to be honest with you. 4,000 yards passing seems like a give me that everyone should get. But come on, if, if you're playing basketball and you're playing half-court offense all the time and you can only score half-court offense, no fast breaks, not even a secondary break, it's hard. So if that's more than one quarterback. But we're talking about Wentz right now. It was also Tom Brady last year as well. They didn't have anyone to stretch the field. They're they're not just Dakin and Duncan. They were trying to stretch the field with whoever they had. That's why both TB12 was also top 10 in air yards as well. They were trying. Trying to move the ball. Um, So, yeah, like even if the, the best tight end duo may be in Philadelphia, they're different. It's different. You're getting four yards, eight yards, 12 yards, maybe an occasional 16, 18 yarder. Um, But it's not too frequent. So that's tough. Just being the quarterback of a team, that's kind of limited. So that, that's why I kind of not just Wentz, but quarterbacks in general, they're always going to be behind the eight ball. So I'm not going to give them too much credit all the time, but I'm not going to be the first one to down them either. Uh, Especially not Wentz. This guy, 27 Tds to seven picks I mean he's the only quarterback in the league last year to throw a touchdown in every single game uh, that's saying something maybe stats aren't everything but to me he's he's a top three talent probably top five in toughness I mean he's been efficient and he has flashy plays so I think it's kind of a hard player not to like but he's polar for some reason um, he's missed five games then three games. And he's played two complete seasons. Paul, you mentioned, knocked out last year in the playoffs. That's not injury prone. You get hit in the back of the head. How, how does that add to an injury prone label? I don't know. Um, I mean, we've all only played sports and we know what injury prone is. If you're, if you're pulling your hamstring all the time, that's injury prone or your groin. It is what it is. It's not the case here. And there's been players that miss more games than Carson Wentz since he entered the league. Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford. And then if you look at other positions, Taran Mathieu, I mean, he started his career his first four years missing games. He missed five games, 10 games, two games, six games. Past three seasons, he's played 16 games. No longer labeled injury prone. I think that's what's happened to Matthew Stafford. I think that's what's in store for Carson Wentz. And spin it around a little bit. Pat Mahomes, MVP. 2 years ago Super Bowl MVP this past season he missed a couple games if he misses a couple more games this year and or next year there's going to be a little bit of a label on Patrick Mahomes that just is what it is Aaron Rodgers misses time it happens Jimmy G he played his first full season this this past year make the Super Bowl, Bowl as a team but look football ain't easy I don't like labeling anybody injury prone, whether they're on my favorite team, my biggest rival. I'm just a football fan. I mean, I think it's crazy that the amount of polarity Carson Wentz has become in the league. Um, I think he's clearly top three player in the league with things to prove. So I'm glad he threw him on this list ball. Um, Do you guys think I'm being biased here um, at all when I'm speaking about Carson Wentz? I don't think so. I mean, uh, as far as the numbers
2: go, yeah, you can judge a quarterback based off of stats, but stats alone, it'll tell a story. It's just not the whole story. But if you're an Eagles fan or if you're watching teams that are on the rise, you could just put together and compile, look at what this guy's doing with the help that he was received. I mean, the receivers, the tight ends, uh, the running game, the defense giving up all those points too. They had secondary issues as well. So he's always in a shootout. Um, it's clear to see that Doug Peterson has all the confidence in the world, putting him out on the field and, and still having him, like you said, I mean, w- with that supporting cast, he still threw 27 touchdowns, seven picks. And even with all those issues, he was still favored in the, in the playoff game against the, uh, against the um, Seahawks. Uh, against the Seahawks. So, I mean, to have all of that on a one-year resume, and on another hand, one thing I always talk about too when we talk about players is the eye test. I mean, if, if you take a look at Carson Wentz as a whole, game by game, year by year, yes, there's some games that he's missed. But when he's on the field, I mean, you cannot deny his his desire to win, his desire to be coached, his desire to um, – you know, he's, he's a magnetic guy. You, you can tell that his teammates will play hard for him, but he makes things happen. I mean, you're talking arm power, arm angles, um, third downs, fourth downs, and he's a mobile quarterback. You, you can't say that uh, for everybody in this league to have – all of those assets in their back pocket. So, I mean, not being on the top 100 list, that's, that's got to be crazy.
3: I mean, I think, I think Carson Wentz, I mean, I think we all know what kind of player he is. Like like these guys mentioned, you know, the the, the facts are there. Um, I think his case is more of a perception uh, thing than, than the numbers kind of thing, you know. Unfortunately for him, um, he got stuck, you know, with an injury, and the guy who just came to replace him just won the team a championship. So that's a very unique situation he was caught up in. And I think, you know, obviously Philadelphia is super hardcore. Their their fans are some of the craziest fans out there. I mean, not necessarily you guys, but, I mean, I've watched some things and I'm like, dude, these guys are super, super fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a fan, but these guys are, like, this this is their life. And I think the perception is with him, obviously, is – you know, this backup came in. He took your job, and he won your team championship. And I think that obviously plays against him. So I don't think this has anything to do with Carson Wentz as uh, his ability to play the quarterback position. It has more to do with the perception of, hey, you know, it's obviously he was hurt last year. Uh, he had the he had a concussion issue before. Um, so I think people get caught up in that whole Nick Foles situation, even though it might have passed. You know, I think until another championship comes from him, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you know that's that's going to be the perception of him. But I think Carson Wentz is, like I said, he's a, he's an elite quarterback in in my book, and you know that's 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 how I feel about the situation there.
0: Good to hear, good stuff, and. Do we have another quarterback on this list, Drew? We do. Yeah, the guy that I had on
2: uh, on my list was Philip Rivers. Um, especially all of us here being in San Diego, he's on you know he's on TV with uh, those games a lot. Um, and I know what everyone's going to say. You know, most people are going to say those turnovers need to come down, um, and I agree. It's true. But uh, I mean, you're looking at since 2015, he threw 76 interceptions a total of 88 giveaways. I mean, those numbers definitely do have to come down. But when I look at things as a whole, I don't think it's always on him. Uh, Philip Rivers, over over the span of his career, since he took over the starting job his third year, um, he was always one of the top guys as far as QB rating and completion percentage. So um, Philip Rivers with a 65% completion percentage, that's usually, you're having these elite guys around 60 to 62%. So you got to give him some credit there. Uh, He's 12th in wins, He's seventh on the completion percentage list. He's sixth in yards and sixth in touchdowns. So now we know he's going to Indy. He's going to be taken over uh, behind center. And, I mean, he's primed as a starter to pass a lot of Dan Marino's stats too. And they're not just little stats. They're a lot of major categories. So starting this year, hopefully playing 16 games, knowing Phil Rivers not missing a game, he's going to play all 16 of those games. So he's actually going to undeniably pass him in completions Yards and touchdowns. So, for as much as people talk about Dan Marino being a great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, I mean, that puts him pretty high on the list. Um, he still has it in him. I mean, over the past couple years, if you don't count 2019, I mean, he still threw 23 touchdowns last year, 20 picks on the other side of it. But before that, he had a touchdown of 32, touchdown to interception ratio from 32 and 12. And then he also had, before that, 28 to 10. Uh, I mean, watching this guy every week being here in San Diego, he's the ultimate competitor. Um, there's almost no guy like him in the league. A lot of the quarterbacks are kind of just lax and have a good time, uh, dance on the field kind of thing. But he's, he's a guy that will get in your face. He's, he needs that much. He needs that to win. He needs that W on his side. and He'll do whatever it takes to get that W too. He's not afraid to throw down the field. You know, he's not a game-managing quarterback. He's going to do whatever it takes to win on the field. Um, but the thing that I always hate most is he's dealt with a lot of subpar performances on the offensive line for. Ever too. So, you know, according to Pro Football Focus, his O line pass blocking grade last year was number 29 in the league, you know, out of 32 teams, obviously. They had the second highest amount of pressures allowed last year. Um, but over the past six years, Pro Football Focus hasn't graded their O line over 26. So you're talking about 26 and worst. You know, we always talk about football being a camaraderie sport, it's a team sport. So he definitely needs a support system. We've seen a lot of team support you know, um, quarterbacks now that are having a lot of success. They're protecting the asset. They're protecting their investment, the quarterback. They're going to surround him with elite talent, but not just talent. Who's on the coaching side, too? You got Mahomes. You got the offensive genius in Andy Reid. He has weapons. He has protection. Dak Prescott, he has a lot of offensive coaches. He has the weapons. He has the protection. I'm not saying Philip Rivers is like Mahomes or even Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz those mobile talents or just young talents, but I mean, I think we're just getting a little bit more harsh, a little too harsh. Like where's his offensive genius? Self, where's his protection help? Now that they have one of the best offensive uh, rankings preseason going into this 2020 season, he's gone, you know? So was it just kind of like a non mesh with coaches and, and, and the quarterback or, or um, you know, who knows what really is, but based off of all that, I think he actually has it now. You know, him and Frank Reich, they've been married before. They were together in San Diego from 2013 to 2015. Through those years, Rivers actually had his best completion years. So his career average is around 350 completions per year. He reached 437 in one time his last, his third year with Frank Reich. So during that stint, he also had his best completion year, 70%. Um, 70% is a huge completion number. Like that's numbers that Tom Brady doesn't reach. Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, that's only a Drew Brees thing. So with all the scrutiny since 2019, um, playing for the Chargers, I think he's planning to be comeback player
0: of the year. Oh, holy cow. Okay. All right. Well, I'm mostly with you on that. Uh, he's going from overall the third worst O-line in the league to the first. And even if the Colts don't remain at number one, they're still elite, just like you said, man. Um you're spot on with the numbers, but I overall comparisons. His numbers, his highs and his lows and his median, they're very comparable. Before Frank Wright, during Frank Wright, after Frank Wright, um, when they were together, they went nine and seven, nine and seven, four and twelve. So one thing Rivers does have going for him, Jacoby Brissett, whether he has a future and gets another chance as a starter or not. He threw the second most uncatchable passes in the league. Um, that's rough. I mean, but he was the only starter to finish last. The, the team that had more uncatchable passes was the Panthers that threw two different, three different quarterbacks in last year. Um, so, I mean, they can only improve, you would think. Uh, they do have weapons, like you said, but my biggest drawback in eight of his 14 years as a starter, he's ranked top 10 in interceptions. Five times in the top five. That's a lot. Sounds like Eli Manning to me. Uh, I like Phillip Rivers. We live here. You know, we root for the guy, even though I'm not specifically a Chargers fan. I live here. Why not root for him? I know you guys are in the same boat. Um, yes, he's in the best possible situation. I think it was the most predictable offseason signing that there was, and for good reason. Um, comeback player of the year. That can that can happen. Uh, I'm not going to bet on that like you drew, but it can happen. best scenario for him. and it it's all set up for the Colts and for rivers to make the playoffs and to succeed and have a good year. I see it, I get it. I'm just questioning rivers individually here rather than the sum of the parts. Vargy, uh, I mean, what do you think okay. about rivers coming up? i i i'm kind of in the
3: same boat as you are um i think rivers like you said he's a he's a he's a great he's a fiery guy i would love to have him on my team i just i think he's had his his runs with the teams that he's been on and which have been some great teams you know um obviously it's not all his fault it doesn't all fall on him, but i think as a quarterback you know a lot of times that that is gonna fall on you so um in this case we've i've seen games you know i I think it was last year where we saw him just throw it into like quadruple coverage you know and back-to-back picks or something like that and that's to win a game you know so i feel like he's kind of i I think he he, like like wes mentioned i think he's in the best possible situation um i don't see him doing much better especially with a new team he still has to get you know familiar with everybody um, I feel comfortable. But I, I, I really – I root for the guy, and I hope he does. I, I hope he has come back
1: Player of the Year.
0: <clears throat> Paul?
1: Yeah, um, I kind of – I kind of see it similarly. Um, you know, he's he's had an interesting career, definitely. Um, you know, he's been on a lot of good teams within, with the Chargers over the years. You know, I, I think one year they went 14-2 and two with Marty Schottenheimer, and then they always ran into that buzzsaw with the Patriots with Tom Brady. Because, you know, it's a tough – because I think he definitely had he has the traits to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He just hasn't got there yet. Because like you, you just said, you compared him to Eli Manning. Eli Manning's got two Super Bowls, and that alone will probably get him in the Hall of Fame, whereas Rivers might be on the fence because of that. And all like for Eli, all it takes is that one magical run where they weren't even that good that year. They were like nine and seven, and, you know, the miracle catch. So it just – there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in the – in the league um but but i think the biggest thing is just i really feel like him more than anyone we might name today needed a change of scenery just because playing his whole career there and then always coming up short and they always have that choke label where they kind of always throw away games you know they play they play down to their competition some some weeks and then they you know against the good teams they play well and then they they choke it out at the end you know it's just so he's had some some rough goes at it but i really think the biggest thing for him like like you guys have mentioned is the switch to having to see what he would do with an actual good offensive line cuz i think i think a lot of those inters- i think he's a really smart guy and when he has time in the pocket he he can take care of the ball really well and throw accurate balls and he's actually a really good deep ball thrower too um so i feel like a lot of the interceptions he had last year were just the result of being rushed in the pocket because, like you said, he didn't have a good O-line. So just from just from seeing him play, I mean, he doesn't have that escapability. He's not going to be able to move out of the pocket. So instead of taking a sack, you know, he's he's more of a risk taker, you know. So you say, hey, he leads the league and he's always topping interceptions. Well, so is Brett Favre, you know. It's just like doesn't mean he was the the worst quarterback, I think it's just sometimes it's just the situation he's in and, you know, he's rushing it and maybe he shouldn't. He should just take a sack sometimes, but it's just he's just such a competitor that, you know, sometimes he just likes to air it out. So I'm I'm not as confident as Drew with the comeback player of the year, but I am very interested to see what he'll do with a good offensive line. I definitely expect the turnovers to go way down this year.
0: I mean, I'm willing to bet you guys will side towards Drew's offense or comeback player of the year more than mine because mine he's he's not in this conversation but just to let you know mine's probably Todd Gurley so I'm pretty sure mm. you three would all go with Phillip Rivers over Todd Gurley if those were your two options am I right <laughs>
3: uh, not necessarily I mean for me honestly I, I mean I could see I would go with Todd Gurley I, I would say mm. I think for him too I think he kind of needed that, scene, that that change of scenery, too, from what it seems, from from what I, you know, I follow up on, on you know, what he's doing in the offseason. For some reason, he's always around, you know, uh, now that he's in Atlanta, he's around all those, like, rapper dudes, so I, see, I get to see a lot of his interactions, and he's excited, man. He's excited. He's, he seems pumped about the season. He seems pumped about the team. Um, and sometimes that's all you need as a player. I mean, we know he's talented, you know, and, and yeah, he got to, he had some injuries, but I think a lot of times as a, you know, these guys have played with injuries all their lives. So I think sometimes you pick and choose with injury. You're, you know, how oh, it hurts this time, you know, when your attitude and your, and your, and your motivation isn't there, I think a good change of scenery will do the, will do the trick. So I'm with you on Todd Gurley.
0: <clears throat> cool. Cool. And Drew, um, It sounds like you're all in on Rivers still able to get it done individually but he couldn't overcome the culture I guess the franchise in San Diego and LA.
2: Yeah I mean there there were definitely opportunities uh, for winning seasons and, and I mean the guy's been in numerous playoff games as well it's just the only thing that I saw was it's it's like everyone chose to badmouth his play based off of 2019 or his decision-making. But if I were Phillip Rivers and, I, and you know, watching him for since 2004, you could just say that, hey, I mean, when you're put in a situation and it's the fourth quarter and you know you, you need to make plays happen and, and nothing's been going right for you and you've had pressure in your face, I mean, you have to give your receivers opportunity. It wasn't always that case. I mean, there was definitely some – um, questionable throws mm-hmm. down the field or in traffic, but that's just the guy that Philip is. Just like Paul mentioned, you got Brett, Brett Favre throwing the most interceptions for guys that's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, gunslingers. You know, it's, it's 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 the same mentality, he's going to do something to make it happen. He's either going to lose you the game or he's going to win you the game. It's not like he's trying to lose the game, obviously, but he's that just puts him up there in the upper echelon of upper. Uh, fiery competitors. So he's competing every second, uh, whether there's four quarters left to play or whether there's four seconds left to play. He's, he's going to give someone an opportunity to win. Um, but that change of scenery, like I said, I mean, learning the playbook is going to be easy. He did it long enough with Frank Wright for a good stint. Um, he's going to be that veteran guy that that team is going to look to. He has one of the top-rated offensive lines. I think Pro Football Focus has them coming into the season as number three. Um, that, drafting Jonathan Taylor... Marlon Mack is not some pushover back. I mean, Naheem Hines did get it great right on third downs. You know, so they have a lot of capable backs. They have capable weapons. I mean, don't forget about Ohio State's Paris Campbell. He's, he was set to be one of the nice breakout candidates for that time, that year, too. And, um, I mean, they have enough on the defensive side to at least keep him in games. I just think it won't be all on his shoulders. It's just kind of stretch for people to kind of let it win on the team. aspect.
0: Right. And here's a fantasy sleeper. Trey Burton at tight end. If you don't know, now you know. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Vargy, who you got, man, at the quarterback position that that has some things to prove this year?
3: Um, well, obviously, you know, uh, Mister Contract, uh, Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I, I obviously this guy has so much to prove. Uh, I think he's a. Obviously, we, we we've seen he's 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 been okay. You know, for what for the team we have as a, as a Cowboy fan, for myself, I feel like he could be a lot better um, in the decisions he makes. Um, and 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 in last year's team, I, I, it felt like he kind of was that weak link. Obviously, our our offensive line was was a little injured, but you know, for for him to demand the kind of contract that he's demanding. You know, you got you got a little bit more proving to do. You know, in the sense because the people who are the guys who are already getting that kind of money, those guys are proven. You know, those guys have have you know put up the numbers, have won the games. Um, for us, is is the you know we haven't been in We haven't won a playoff game in a long time. I believe in 1996 is we won a playoff game. Um, but actually, I'm sorry. We just won a playoff game. Didn't we just win a playoff? Sorry, confused. No.
0: Um You're talking about against you know, the Rams or the Seahawks recently?
3: Yeah. Um, I gotta look it up. But uh yeah, man, I think I think Dak definitely has a lot to prove this year. Um, especially with him wanting a new contract. Uh you, you know, you gotta play. You gotta you gotta pick up your play for sure. You gotta make those those decisions and I mean, we'll see this year. This is the year to do it. You're getting paid a lot of money to, you know, to, to to be a Cowboy, the Cowboys quarterback. I mean, I know you guys are not the biggest Cowboy fans, but that franchise still carries that name. And so, you know, we need him to to step up this year. And, you know, I hope he does well. Um, I think he's – the problem with him is, is I feel like the Cowboys aren't giving him the money that he wants, obviously, for his play. But I also feel like it's because we know Jerry Jones is a showman. He's a showman. You know, he wants to have a show in Dallas. He wants action. He wants to – I mean, that's why he paid Tony. Tony Tony Romo was – I mean, he came from Eastern Kentucky. You know, Underrated.
0: Because,
3: yeah, the guy got paid because he made plays. He made the game exciting. And, I mean, that's what Jerry wants. Jerry, I feel like Jerry, at the end of the day, he's bringing a product to you, and he wants that to be the most exciting product and – Dak Prescott's not necessarily that quarterback. I mean, he can run the ball, but he rarely chooses to. He's not flashy, um, but he he does the job. And I think for him to to you know to get a contract from Jerry, he's going to have to show a lot of a lot of uh, a lot more than he did last year, obviously. And so we'll see. We'll see what he what he does.
0: That's tough, man. Tough. Uh, Paul, what do you think, man?
1: Um, you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan, so I love to hate the guy. <laughs> but I actually, I actually like Dak a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback. You know, he's coming into the league, and even from his rookie year, you know, if you look at the last four years, he's got a really good, team record. You know, over that time, and he's been, he's been durable. You know, he he his, he consistently ranks top five, ten, in QBR every year since he's been in the league. So, you know, he's he's he can put up the numbers. You know, he he, he takes care of the ball pretty well for the most part. Um, I just think he's just come up short in some big games. I think he's really good against lesser competition. He really takes advantage of those games. And I think against tougher competition, he, he hasn't always come up, shown up to the plate. So I think that's his biggest issue so far. Because, you know, he's got, obviously he's got all the support in the world right now because that, that team stacked on offense. They got a, a really, you know, top five offensive line. They got one of the best backs in the league. They got. They're going to have, you know, probably the one of the best top three wide receivers in the league of any team. You know, so, um, you know, he's got all the weapons in the world. And and like uh, Vargas said, I mean, he's this is his contract year. He's trying to prove that he's worth that big contract. And you know, I think. He set up perfectly this year to do it. So, I mean, there's no excuses for him this year as long as, you know, they have good health and, and everything like that. You know, the biggest downfall might be their their defense if they can hold up because, you know, they're going to, I think they're going to struggle this year. So, he's going to definitely have to carry some more of the burden this year to, uh, to make sure he earns that contract because I think the biggest thing like for me, I feel like he's he's just teetering on the edge of being a franchise quarterback and not. And I think that's kind of where mm. Dallas front office is too, is they just you know, they don't know he's he's so close to being that franchise, but then some games he just he it just doesn't look like he's there. Um and obviously if he wants Patrick Mahomes money, that's not gonna happen. So, you know, he's I'm sure they're trying to find some middle ground where he, he makes closer to what Goff and Wentz got, you know. But obviously Inflation, that was a couple of years ago, so, you know, maybe he gets a little more. But, um, but yeah, like I said, everything's in front of him this year to, to have no excuses this year.
0: It's true, and I think the Cowboys are smart. They got a comparable alternative in Andy Dalton, uh, a guy that can do a lot of the same things on the field. Uh, whether, you know, that's their version of a handcuff reality football. They got a backup quarterback, probably the, arguably the best backup quarterback in football now. Uh, they got someone that can come in for injury, someone that can come in if Dak holds out or if they move on from Prescott. Uh, they're not married to either of these guys, but they they have that type of quarterback. They don't have to change a thing, if if anything came about Prescott not being on the field for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. The contract situation, it came out exactly how I thought it'd play out. Franchise tag, no deal coming down. It, it's what I thought would happen. Um, and I even felt more assurance that this is, this would happen when Jason Garrett was let go because a new coach would come in. Why would he want to commit to a quarterback that soon? So it all makes sense. It adds up. Um, you look at Dak's four seasons, they won 13 games, nine and ten with him throwing for less than 4,000 yards. Last year, first-time OC, Kellen Moore, they got pass-happy, man. He throws for nearly 5K. They go 8-8. Eight and eight. And, look, Kellen Moore, good for him. The offense looked good. It's a team game, though. You got to play both sides of the ball. And if, and if you're leaving your defense out to dry when you know your bread and butter and making the playoffs the previous two, three years, was Zeke O-line, exactly, Drew, and milking the clock, getting first downs, keeping your defense off the field, and it worked. It was the recipe they needed, and it's what they got away from, and I don't know how much better they're going to be with Mike McCarthy, to be honest. Everyone wants to point at Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, well, he's out of town now. He had a a top five offense in all major categories – Their defense was actually top 12 in all major categories besides forcing turnovers. I didn't see the Cowboys fix that. So they go C.D. Lamb to replace Randall Cobb. That's awesome. But offense wasn't your problem. Offense is not the reason the Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs. Maybe the play calling was because it left the defense out to drive. That didn't have the talent to match their offense. You can't play. You can't play Chiefs football. When you're not getting turnovers like the Chiefs got turnovers, that was a difference. They're not a sensational defense in KC, but they were opportunistic. They got Mahomes the ball back. Uh, Drew, all three of us – well, actually, Paul and Vargy, I think, are teetering on whether Dak's a franchise guy. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I just have him as a top of Tier 3, back of Tier 2, with top of Tier 2 moments, and sometimes – sometimes because when you're when you're playing this game and you're at this level you're gonna have higher moments you're gonna you're gonna be awesome sometimes Dak prescott has back of tier one moments those are more fewer and far between but do you think like me that Dak's a franchise guy or you agree with these guys that you really don't know
2: uh, out of the games that i've seen um as far as Dak being a franchise quarterback i think that's a hundred percent yes um they're just kind of flirting with. I mean, it, it's it's always uncomfortable to talk about money, especially when it's the highest-paid guy in the room. But one of the things that came into factor. I mean, looking at this season, at first we didn't know if there was going to be an NFL season. Who knows if they're going to have fans in the state in this in the stadium? Each team is looking to lose anywhere from 70 million or more. You know, especially a team as Ooh. as highly coveted like the Dallas Cowboys in a brand new stadium. I mean, there has to be at least an 100 million or higher. So I think they're taking that into effect, but it's kind of like, I mean, after this pandemic, as far as salary cap goes too, I mean, we all know that Jerry pays players. He just paid a few. Others he had to let go. And like you said, it's not the offense that was hurting. It was the defense. You know, on on a couple of the episodes that we had before, we we talked about them losing Robert Quinn. You know, DeMarcus Lawrence is their prized possession, but Robert Quinn was their sack leader last year. They lost him. You know, they lost Byron Jones, who's one of the most talented corners in the league, athletically and mentally. They lost him to a big contract with the Dolphins. Um, a couple of bigger pieces that they didn't yet fill. I mean, you, you could say they kind of filled them. They, they brought over HaHa Clinton Dix um, to cover Jeff Heath's spot. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about some of the pieces and, and building something like a puzzle piece, just throwing things here or there, hoping it works out for a season where you're not going to have that rate OTAs or preseason, you're just going to be thrown right into the mix. So, um, yes, franchise quarterback, I think, it's just a big-time money issue because the salary cap is really based off of revenue. And with the league taking a big hit in revenue after this pandemic, I mean, Jerry is kind of doing a smart business thing, not giving him the contract that he wants. Um, if he's going to sign him, he wants him long-term and, and, and guaranteed, but Dak wants shorter years because, obviously, he's not sure of his position or the lovely marriage that they're going to hold over the next few years. He wants that opportunity to possibly see an organization in the future as well. Um, One of the Cowboys reporters, uh, James Slater, he reported that just hours before the deadline to sign on the dotted line for the contract, Dak and his team actually went back to the Cowboys organization trying to renegotiate. So you can kind of tell maybe it was just a little bit of bad advice from him not signing that contract, but something was said between those last few hours to where maybe he was like, you know what? The money looks good to me. I was making nothing before. I have an opportunity right now to make this kind of money, let alone the endorsement money that you're getting for wearing the star. I mean, that has to cover for a lot of it, too. And, you know, the reason I would take him is because he does a lot of things right off the field, too. You can't really look at these games and always blame it on Dak Prescott. We talked about Jason Garrett. A lot of those games, honestly, was just more of third down options, fourth down. Situational football is a big thing and a lot of defensive pressure. So, I mean, as far as looking at what he brings to the table, I can't say that I'm not going to sign Dak because out of all the contracts that have been signed, maybe not Tannehill's, I would agree with, anything other than Tannehill's contract. I mean, you can't say that these quarterbacks are not earning their money. Kirk Cousins, with -hmm. all all of the disrespect for Kirk Cousins, he's -hmm. earning that money. You know what I mean? Statistically, and everyone always votes him as a team captain too. So with all the men in that room, putting their bodies on the line, voting someone team captain like they do with Dak. I mean, that says a lot to the too.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to the final quarterback on this list here. What was that, dude?
1: Plus, he has the Campbell's Chunky Soup going for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, they had all offseason to talk contract. Jerry was pulling his leg at the end. You know that.
3: Yeah, that's – I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing, too. You know, I, I feel like – if you really wanted to get that done, when you really want a quarterback, you know, as soon as the Chiefs figured out we able to sign Mahomes, they fucking signed him. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you're good. Oh, you're good. good. They signed him, you know. So, I, it just, to me, it's more of, you know, Jerry, obviously, he's playing the field, like you said. He's he's, he's being smart. Um, I like Dak. I just, I guess I don't see him in the same light because I'm, I watch every, I watched every game last year and I'm, I I love how – I love his play. His awareness is not all there for me, for him to to, to be, in my book, a number one quarterback. So – and that's huge, you
0: know. So. Agreed with that. All good points there. And then uh, shifting to the last quarterback on this list, my guy here, I think Matthew Stafford has a ton to prove. Look, he started all 16 games for eight straight seasons. Kudos, man. That that's tough to do. He did that. Then last year happened where he only played half the year. I like Stafford a lot. That's why I picked him. I think he can guide the Lions to the postseason this year. You guys know that. I think they're gonna they're gonna sneak in. Doesn't mean he still doesn't have to go on the field, prove it, win those games. Um, I can think whatever I want. He still got to put it up. So. He may be in that tier two with a guy we talked about, Philip Rivers, which is very good. So there's nothing wrong with that. You can win with those guys. I just think he's a better player than Rivers, than than Matt Ryan, who won an MVP. I think he has something more in him. It's hard with a franchise that doesn't have a winning culture. I get it. I do. The signs are there. The Lions, they're usually an afterthought. Matthew Stafford, when talking quarterbacks, he's kind of an afterthought too, but – in those eight seasons he's played so far, they have an 11-5 and five year in there, a 10-6 and six year as a rookie, a 9-7 and seven record twice. And they only made the playoffs once with those four records. Above 500 only made the playoffs once, and we see teams all the time with nine wins and ten wins make the playoffs every year. So, I mean, if you're a Lions fan, that's a tough pill to swallow. Unfortunately, it's a reality. All that matters is the result. Doesn't matter how many wins you get if you didn't get in the tournament. But just want to bring that to light because it is a team game. It ain't just on the QB like we talked about these other few quarterbacks. Uh, And then, look, individually, he's going to throw for 4K every year. He had one year with 5K. Uh, His last four seasons, his completion percentage is between 65 and 67. Awesome. He's doing his thing. He threw 41 touchdowns before as a rookie. His best TD to interception ratio – 29 to 10 and 32 to 13. Those are Russell Wilson comparable numbers. And that's an annual MVP candidate every year, Russell Wilson. He might win it at some point conversation for another day though, because he hasn't won one. And I actually question whether Russell will ever win one, but back to Stafford, similar numbers, man, he's not far behind. Even if Russell picked up his game the last two years, Stafford doesn't have to be that and we know he's not that with mobility doesn't have to be he's been pretty damn good in the pocket he scrambles between 20 and 40 times a season so he's not a complete statue back there Uh, even when we're talking about O-line the past five years I'm excluding last season because it was only half a year past five years that O-line they gave up 37 to 45 sacks that's going to take a lot out of your body mentally physically that's just tough not making an excuse for anybody it's just it's just the truth no one looked at the Lions as a model franchise their O-line hasn't been good until last year but he got hurt they actually improved pro football focus the Lions O-line was ranked 11th top third of the league Um, and we know their weapons Kenny Galladay Marvin Jones, we talked about him before. They combined for 20 touchdowns last season with backup quarterbacks. They have a nice backfield tandem, DeAndre Swift, carry on Johnson. I love TJ Hawkinson at tight end. They have the weapons. Uh, I like Matt Patricia. I think their defense has a lot of solid players that can complement the offense. So that's why I'm thinking playoffs for the lions. I, I see the signs being there for the lions for Stafford individually. Um, I get the frustration there was actually talk about possible trade block for Stafford, which clearly hasn't happened. And it won't with this unique off season, but I mean, look, I think QB position is one that you can develop every year, just like any position, the little details, the specific, the specifics like Tom Brady says, the tendency breakers. I think Matthew Stafford has to show himself that if I see that, Other people have to see it. He's got to know it a little bit. Um, I think Stafford has a lot to prove. Do you have him as an elite quarterback? Do you think he'll ever be elite? Do you think he is what he is and he's closer to average than good? Drew? I mean, no
2: one's going to deny his arm talent. Uh, He is one of the biggest arms in the NFL. And like you said, he does put up numbers. You know, nobody thinks of, of the Lions as an unstoppable passing offense, an unstoppable running offense. Can't score in their D. But the only highlight based off of the Lions years since Stafford's been in there is Matthew Stafford. So if they continue to build uh, a little bit like what we talked about before, a supporting cast, I think he definitely has the tools. I mean, he really has the weapons on offense, and maybe he just needs a little bit more help on the defensive side. Um, but I mean they definitely add a lot of players to fill those positions like pass rusher. Um I mean, they drafted the a first round corner. Ohio State we know produces some of the best corners in the league. So Jeff Akutis so would just fit in right nicely with Matt Patricia. Um, but I just think it, it's it's that little step above and I don't know if it's a front office thing, if it's an organization thing or it's just players and coaches that just don't want to go there because it is the Lions and their and their history. But I don't think it's always on Matt Stafford because, if you ask me, he's the only highlight they've had since he's been a league on that team.
0: I think I might have talked myself out of Todd Gurley and into Matthew Stafford for Comeback Player of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, what do you guys think about Stafford? Oh, actually, real quick, Drew, Stafford or Rivers? Rivers. Er, All right. What do you guys think (laughs) of Stafford?
2: He only played eight games. It's not his fault he only played eight you know what I mean? You, you got to have some kind of backing. It's not like, you know, he was – I mean, I'm only saying that because Rivers was getting talked at as the worst. He's washed up off season. Don't even think about his starting position. Be the backup to Dak Prescott just in case that contract doesn't go through. I mean, come on, man. Those are just hurtful things. This guy – he's got a lot – he knows he has a lot to prove. If anyone's going to push further, it's going to be
0: Phil Rivers himself. Paul, what do you got, man, on Stafford?
1: Um I I've always really liked Stafford. I think I think he's a good quarterback. He's the kind I think he's the kind of playoff kind of quarterback you can get to the playoffs with. I just don't see him as that elite quarterback that can get you to the Super Bowl and win it. Um but yeah, I mean he's he's had a rough he's kind of had a rough deal. I mean, like coming into a franchise like that or just the the history of losing and, you know, first pick and kind of the savior and you know it's just it's just been constant turmoil since he's been there you know i mean i love the days of him and calvin johnson back in the day i mean ooh. it was so fun to watch you know calvin johnson's probably my favorite receiver of all time i love that guy but ooh i like that <laughs> if he doesn't make the hall of fame i'll be i'll be mad but that's another that's another <laughs> story for another day um he's in He'll make it <laughs> yes but um just some other things that maybe just to add on to what you guys said um you you talk about the division a little bit. I mean, you're talking about a division with Minnesota, Green Bay and Chicago. That's three storied franchises that are pretty much pretty good every year consistently. So not only are you coming in as the number one pick with the history of losing, but you're coming in trying to get to the playoffs. Like you said, with their records, they had, you know, it's going to be tough to make it when you got that division. That's pretty stacked usually most years. And most of them have good defenses every year too. So, I mean, he's, he's, kind of had the the deck shut, shut on him a little bit so it's been tough um also they had the I think they had the streak for the they had the longest streak for no running back over 100 yards for like over two seasons or something like that so I mean the guy's never had a run game you know or an O line of any kind so it's just you know he's he's always kind of I just love his attitude and the way he works and he's he's competitive as hell so I mean I mean, and not only that, but uh, just to top it off, think about the coaching carousel he's been through since he's been in the league. How many coaches, right. different head coaches has he had? At least over five. Like the last few he's had, you know, Matt Patricia, then then it was Jim Caldwell, then it was Jim Schwartz. You know, it's just guys that I don't even think are good coaches anyways. Like I don't. I'm not a big Matt Patricia fan. I think he's a good defensive guy, but I don't think he's going to help develop Stafford in any way, shape or form. Um, And then Jim Caldwell, I always thought was an overrated head coach. And then, you know, Jim Schwartz, that was maybe his best years is when he's with Jim Schwartz. And that was when they made the playoffs. Um, So, yeah, I think just going through that many coaching changes, never having an O-line, never having a run game, you know, it's just, it's just hurt his stock and, and, and like you said he i think that's why he gets overlooked a lot even though he's got all the talent in the world and i think like like drew said if he gets if they can get some talent around him i think they can definitely be a playoff
3: team
2: damn you?
3: yeah i mean i that division is just tough man you're naming off those teams and I'm just realizing that's probably one of the hardest divisions to be in, you know, as, as a team. So um, I think Matthew Stafford is highly underappreciated. Um, you know, like you guys mentioned, this guy's put up numbers, had a 5,000 uh, yard season. Um, he he could have had another one last year if it wasn't for that, you know, for what he was going through. Um, but I mean, the guy's in Detroit, for God's sake. You know, he's <laughs> he's in the he's on a team in a city with that not a lot of not a lot of optimism not a lot of hope around there and and he's I think he's doing the best with what he was given um I love his attitude as well I love uh, every interview I watch with that guy he's always it's all about the team um it's never about him as an individual and I, and I love that about a quarterback he's a he's a he's a he's a natural leader and I think that is huge in a quarterback obviously that's something that you can't teach um so just for that reason I I I'm very high. I've always been very high on on Matthew Stafford. Um, uh, He he can throw a deep ball. I mean, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he's, he's just, I think he's, he's, uh, I think he's a, he's a tier two quarterback. I want to say a tier one. He's a tier two quarterback. um, But I, I think he's highly underappreciated by, by just everybody in the NFL, maybe except Detroit. And us, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, no. Hey, real quick. Through a battleship. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn.
0: Hey, natural quick.
2: born leader, Dak Prescott.
0: Hey, Drew, you go first. Rank the four quarterbacks we just talked about Wentz, Prescott, Rivers, Stafford. That's the order right there Wentz, Prescott, Rivers, Stafford. That
1: is. Paul? Yeah, I got Wentz and Prescott one and two. I just, I think I got Stafford slightly over Rivers.
3: Yeah, so Sam, I got uh, one and two the same, Prescott on the two. And then I would say I'm going to take Rivers at three uh, just because I I believe that, I think, like you said, as as much as he's throwing all these picks, the guys. The guy's still been – he's made some incredible plays. And, and I think he's a Hall of Famer in my book. I mean, the guy, maybe he's not doesn't have the championships. But, I mean, just the games that he's grinding out, <laughs> I think, and the teams he's been on, I mean, it's just, they're historic. So, I'm going to go with Rivers and then Matthew Stafford on that one.
0: All right. And I got i got uh, Carson Wentz, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Van Phillip Rivers, not based on career based on today uh yeah doesn't mean they're not good they're on this list for a reason so all right vargas since you kind of alluded to it we know what you think i don't think rivers is a hall of famer what about you two
1: i got it i, I think he's i think he's in just the, the how long he's played the numbers he's put up he's been on a lot of winning teams i think I always compare him to Eli Manning because of the draft and, you know, things like that. And, you know, Eli's got his Super Bowls, but. And the picks. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's better (laughs) than Eli in any sense of the word. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I just think if you look at the quarterbacks that have have made the Hall of Fame before him, and then just looking at who will get in, you know, I think you can't take the Super Bowls away from him. I think he's been consistently good for a long time you know he's he's definitely have some years where he throws more picks than others but I mean he's never had a year where it's just like completely off the rails so I mean I mean he's been pretty damn consistent even though the record might not always show it but I feel like with his body of work I don't think it's a slam dunk but I think he should be in.
0: True.
2: It's hard to say because knowing that the hall of fame voting is a plethora of, you know, writers and, 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 all that, there's a lot of different ways that you can win the hall of fame or, or be voting into the hall of fame. I think he makes it deservedly. So, but I don't think he makes it first ballot. I think it'll take a couple of rounds depending on how the quarterback carousels go over the next few years and who's voted in first or second ballot. Uh, it's It's kind of a seesaw for me. I think at the end of the day, when I put his career into a hole, I think he does deserve to be in, but not first ballot. I think he squeaks in the in, in a few years after.
0: Fair enough. I think he gets in. I just wouldn't vote him in. basically what I meant. um i don't I don't think the Hall of Fame is for the very good, and that's what Philip Rivers is to me, and I challenge anyone watching this you guys even myself in the future to go go look up every year Philip Rivers career and see how many times you think he was a top five quarterback I think more times than not you would say he's not in that top five that's not Hall of fame to me uh, it's just not um, I like him I, I'm rooting for the guy had no reason not to and uh, keep making that money for those kids man <laughs> what are you on number 12 now
3: 15. <laughs>